Childhood, adolescence, and early adult life are the three stages we see in Chiron's life as he struggles to understand his own identity in the 2016 drama Moonlight. I'm Austin Johnson. I'm Connor Zagari. And this is Filmgasm. Welcome back. Uh, we're continuing our top 10 films of the 2010s project with Adam's number six, my number three, Moonlight, written and directed by Barry Jenkins, the master himself. Uh, obviously, Adam and I both love this movie as it makes our, our list. Connor, I know you you have a an adoration for it as well. Maybe not as deep, but you do have a mad respect for it. I do. It's a It's a beautiful film, a very unique vision, and I appreciate a unique vision very much. It's a good movie. Uh, I've seen it three times now, and it's just not a film I I go back to for like you know comfort or entertainment. But I recognize that it is a really good movie. Yeah, yeah, I, t- I, I totally hear that. I think that's probably most people's relationship with it. Yeah, it's like oh, every time I watch it, it's it's rewarding because it's so, like you said, it's such a unique you know kind of vision from from Barry, uh, and obviously all the performances are fucking lights out. So. On that front, it's easy to watch um, every now and again, but I, I definitely feel feel feels there's like a gravity about it that like pulls me back every time. And I've seen it. I've seen it. I, I don't even know. It's become a rewatchable for me. And it's one of those weird, like, why do I rewatch it over and over? I think it's because of the style of it. I feel like I'm learning a lot about the the art of filmmaking and, and uh, you know, right from the get go, you know, kind of does there's certain things that that Jenkins is doing with the camera that I really respect. And I see, especially now years later, I see kind of his, his influences on his sleeve, you know, you're like, Oh wow. Okay. I see. He's clearly very into French movies, very into very into Alfonso Cuaron's uh, filmography. You can see a lot of his movies in, in, in moonlight. And uh, I, I love that about it. So it's kind of like I'm studying when I watch it, you know, it's like a therapeutic I'm studying and I'm learning and I, I love all that stuff. And I love the cast, but Adam, why is this, you're number six. Why did it make your top ten? Um, I think I think a little bit of everything you guys just touched on. Is, I, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think I would call it a rewatchable. Like like, oh, I return to it all the time because um, it is it is like pretty heavy. It's pretty you know it's pretty it's pretty intense. Yeah. It's definitely one that when I saw you know it, it's it's around that time that I was like really kind of getting more into this stuff. I think Austin, you know, you were too, uh, and like anticipating movies and like oh this director is attached to this and so therefore this and you know you're kind of learning all that stuff and like you know looking forward to it and then it lived up to the hype it was like oh that was actually just as good as i was hoping it was it would be um and then you know give it a couple years you return to it and it's like oh you know something hit me even harder this time and then maybe the third time you watch it something gets you harder and i think this is the fourth time i saw it um when i watched it uh last night and this morning and it like hits you again like another thing hits you and another piece of it hits you and uh obviously yeah it's not like a subject matter that you're just like oh i'm just gonna throw this on on a friday night you know like uh it, it's not like that it's not like happy gilmore you know <laughs> like where it's just like this kind of passive like secondary watch um but i think it's it's absolutely beautifully shot uh music is great all the performances at the different stages of of sharon's life are really good obviously there's some that, that have, there's a through line between a couple of them um but i think it's one of those, like, we have that debate about best versus favorites, you know, all the time. And I think for my list, I tried to go a little more kind of best rather than just favorite. So there are movies of the 2010s that I've watched more than this one. 
Um, but this is right up there with one of the kind of like both best and favorite uh, of the decade. And so, yeah, that's why I made the list at number at number six. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. I definitely think it's it's one of the kind of quintessential 2010s movies, uh, like must must watch type things. Uh, whereas so many movies are just kind of like you know, for a specific audience or, or whatever. I feel like this is one of those where sit back, you know, enjoy the show, but also buckle up. <laughs> you know, it's it's a fucking ride. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everything you said, I, I totally agree with, too. I, I think uh, obviously, you know, putting this up my number three and like considered I considered putting it one, considered putting two. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, you know, and and it is a rewatchable for me, even though it's not a rewatchable. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. not a rewatchable. <laughs> it is not a, like super easy. Yeah, like you said, throw it on on Friday night, just have some fun with the boys. But I I find it to be so rewarding how many times I've seen it. Like, I, I, at this point, I feel like I know it like the back of my hand. And uh, it, it just gets better and better. Last night was one of my favorite viewings I've ever had of it, which was pretty special. So on that point, actually, I wonder, Connor, if you have, if there's a movie you can come come to mind for you, because I have one of that's like, this is a rewatchable for me, but I understand why it wouldn't be for like anyone else. Do you have a movie like that? Hmm. Um, I think the, um, 2002's The Count of Monte Cristo has okay. that. Um, the per- perfect example. Yeah. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was a successful movie, kind of modest, never really escaped 2002 based on a a novel that a lot of people just didn't want to read in high school or college. Not, you know, and I've always just loved it as a character study. And to me, it's, you know, two and a half hours of excitement and tension and brilliant uh, revenge. But, you know, to a lot of people, that's, you know, intimidating and kind of boring. You know, I can kind of get that. But to me, it's just something I get lost in. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of those. I prioritize favorite over best when it comes to le- like uh, lists like this because film's very subjective. It's all about you know I care more about what I think than opposed to like what you know New York Times top ten list thinks. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of times those lists are going to go hand in hand, but not always. Not always. Not always. Yeah, I I, I felt the same way. I kind of basically did it like. Okay, I have these like seven or like six or seven or eight like five star movies. I'm gonna include all of those from the decade, and then the last three are being more kind of like of all of my kind of four and a half stars on Letterbox. I'll choose like my favorite of those three. That's kind of like how I like. So I almost kind of split the difference on that. Um, now among those five stars are some of my favorites. Like my number one is like also like my favorite. Um, but I also think it's like my favorite and kind of the best. It's like rare that that actually happens. But yeah, so I kind of I kind of split the difference in terms of like favorite because yeah, I don't know if it was just straight up just favorite of the decade if Moonlight would make it um, for me. Like, does that make sense? Like, but I do think it's like one of the best of the decade. So I kind of, that's kind of where I like landed. But um, for me, that movie is uh Tinker Taylor soldier spy. Like I, like, I love that movie so much. I love the book a lot. So I'm like, yeah, it's a great I, movie. Yeah. yeah. So I just like, I can return to that all the time. I love that kind of cold war, like that, like era of movies, the kind of like 60s, 70s, like 60s to 80s, like semi-political thriller i've been like looking for more and more of those like lately i love that genre and so that one like it kind of hit me at the right time and i read the book at the right time so that one for me like i'll watch that like once every you know 18 months or something uh but it's like i get why like people would see that one time like okay that's enough for me but i just absolutely love it yeah i just yeah. bought that book today weirdly. oh it's it's awesome yeah it's really really good cool good to random <laughs> random random stars aligning yeah i mean yeah. you guys you guys know me like i've, I've watched magnolia I mean, it's a three-hour, like, yeah. just, just 
pulverizing movie and i'm like yeah let's go like that is like saturday night let's fucking go like that's a special night let's let's get it you know i i i, I run towards those like uncomfortable just movies that are gonna make you make you fucking you know squirm like that's that is comfort to me you know it's like stuff that's made stuff that makes me not do the secondary watch stuff that makes me put my phone down yep. fucking lock fucking lock in and like all right i I want to do that as many times as I can, you know? Um, and the whole best and favorite thing, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys have both kind of spoke on it. Uh, I've been thinking about that a ton lately. And I was talking to my, to Brianna about it uh, not too long ago. Cause we watched a video of uh, Tyler, the creator, uh, the rapper he's talking about, he's like, I don't give a fuck what you think is like who the five best rappers are. He's like, you know, like everybody says like Tupac, Biggie, you know, Nas, Jay-Z, He's like, who do you like? Who's your favorite? Who do you listen to when you go to work in the morning? Like, who yeah. who do you really, really care about? And and he's like, like those lists are like best, you know, like all these are like the essentials or whatever. Is cool. It's like fun to look at. I love looking at stuff like that. And I know, like Adam and I are because of sports. We kind of like that's how our mind works. Yeah, because yeah. sports sports is always about. Well, like, well, this guy's better than that guy because <laughs> there's well, tangible evidence. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a measurable thing you can use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like Moonlight and Social Network, there's no way to say this is better than that. Right, right. right. But there's there is a very easy way to say I like this one better. You know, uh, like I like Moonlight slightly better than Social Network, but I've seen them both probably like thirty or forty times, and I have a great time. They're both five stars. They're both I love them both. I'll go to bat for them any day of the week. I don't know if there's a way for me to decipher which one's better, but I think for my just enjoyment, what I've learned, Moonlight's just slightly ahead, which is why I have it three and Social Network four. Yeah, no, I'm. I, I think I'm a victim of that sometimes. Like I, I apply, like I mean, because it's my day to day, like the kind of sports world mentality of the kind of like the measurable and like the ranking, like to art sometimes. And I, 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 I don't like that. I don't like that. I do that. I mean, I think there's times where it helps organize your, your mind and like, and like, you know, kind of the, you know, I think we all have like the letterbox, you know, like brains, yeah. but, um, but I, I probably, I probably do that too often. I, I think, I, I think I probably let that, I let that, that color, like that mentality color kind of how I feel about things. And it's like, Oh, well, like these really esteemed people that I, I usually agree with, like critic, you know, critically, like really like this thing. So like, I will like it too. You know, um, I don't, yeah love that about myself uh but it's you know i just but it also it helps me like yeah kind of like sort through like what i should or shouldn't watch i don't know it gives me like some sort of like filter system if that makes sense of course but, Con like context filter all yeah. that it is is yeah i think there's like value to that especially now because there's so much shit to watch so you do want to have some sort of reference of like i'm not just throwing some bullshit on mm. uh, i'm like i'm like watching with intent now speaking to to like to specifically to you adam is like that's because you watch a lot of other stuff like you also right, watch right, a lot right. of sports you watch a lot of other like tv shows so when you watch a movie you like you want to watch a movie like a proper movie you know and 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 like i i obviously i'm kind of in the middle because i also watch sports not as much as you but i watch I'm kind of my hands kind of in a lot of different things and connor's on the other side of the spectrum where he's like movies are my thing yeah and so he's able to I know, Connor, you've been doing this a lot lately, especially since reading uh, Cinema Speculation, where you just kind of, you're, you're like trying to allow yourself to treat each movie the same, where you're like, all right, even if this is Happy Gilmore, I'm gonna fucking sit back, put the phone away, you know, eliminate distractions and like, really, really watch this thing as like a piece of art. That's difficult, but it's like, I think it's really valiant. So I, I respect you for, for kind of going down that path. Well, here's the thing. 
so many of my favorite movies are critically reviled. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, attacks, yeah. hook. Like I love these movies. Critics fucking hated those movies. They were annihilated. And if I just went by, oh, critics didn't like that, I would never watch those and then adopt them into my life as favorites. So I think everything that I haven't seen has potential favorite movie value. That's the mm. way I see it. If mm. I haven't seen it yeah. yet, I can't judge shit. Mm. So the watch is all it takes for me to decide, do I like this? Do I not like this? And that is all I care about. Yeah. That's a more pure way of going about it. Yeah. And I, I should be clear. I, I, I don't, this is like, I don't feel like I, um, I let it color like, again, how I feel. I mean, maybe sometimes every once in a while, how I feel about it afterwards, but I, I need it more for like a, I should or shouldn't watch this rather than like, oh, the critics like this. Therefore I also like this. Like I, I should probably shouldn't. Have yeah. 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 You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like I, because of the finite time, it's like, oh man, like, Am I going to dedicate two and a half hours to this? Like I have so many other things I, I do like to watch or that I could watch or that I like should watch for my job. But, um, but I, I like need to, I want to watch this movie. So I need that kind of filter system, which is why this project has been so cool because like for the most part, it's stuff I like already, you know? And it's like, Oh, I'll return to that. Like I'll give, I'll give moonlight two hours today. Cause it's like, that's, I love that movie. You know, like I, I, I know for a fact, like I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to get something you know, really unique out of it, you know, on this, on this like yeah. third watch or whatever it may be. Um, I wish I was better at just kind of like just randomly like just scrolling through something. I'll just pick this and just like sit back and watch this. Like well, I, I just don't, I don't know. It's hard for me to do that. Well, there's also like there's a tremendous downside to that. You know, I watch a lot of shit because sure, sure. I give everything the time of day, and sometimes the critics are spot on. Sometimes yeah. I waste two hours and watch absolute nonsense that's just going to irritate me, and I will never think about again. But. True. Sometimes yeah, it's also like some late 70s gem that I never heard of before that turns out to be just something incredible that I want to tell everybody about. But it is also like that is all I do. You know, I don't have sports or I, I watch some TV, but really film is is my it's my thing. It's my it's my gem. Right, right, right. So I'm I'm more willing to give a lot of crazy shit a chance. And I understand that, like, if you just want every watch to be worth your time, I definitely understand looking into like critical like a filter uh, system successes yeah, yeah you get yeah. you need a filtration system or like or like you guys or like you guys have a filter system sometimes like <laughs> oh yeah you'll enjoy this or whatever you know what i mean like people i know and trust like they'll give me you know recommendations too but um tremendous downside it should be like the subtitle name of like a podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great tremendous idea. downside <laughs> tremendous downside uh, <laughs> uh, it's like a guy like falling off stairs yeah like <laughs> It's not always good. Uh, yeah, no, it's, I didn't expect this to happen. Uh, you know, like I don't have an opening question. I don't have a lot of like production history for Moonlight. I have a project I want to do with you guys. So I'm glad we kind of just started talking about that kind of stuff. That was cool. Uh, I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of a, a conversation that's always beneath the surface for people like us because yeah. we're just so into our habits. It's like our watching habits and why we do it, why we appreciate it. And we're, Adam, to speak to like, again, kind of tack on to, to what you said about this list that we've been doing. It, it allows you to really like find out more about yourself. Like for, mm -hmm. it's kind of therapeutic where you pick all these movies that you love, you know, you're going to have a good time watching them, but until you hit record and you start talking about it, you don't really know where it's going to go. You don't know like what's going to come out of you. You know, you, you watch the movie, you're like, Oh, I, I want to talk about that part. Oh, Mahershala Ali is so good. Oh man. Naomi Harris, you know, but then like you start talking and you end up talking about like your watching habits and, what you what you value and like what your system is for watching movies so i think it's really cool and i think it's helpful for people for listeners to hear different takes on you know like all three of us are different the way we watch stuff you know uh you know connor's definitely up here you know 
super high when it comes to movies and I'm somewhere in the middle and Adam's right below us, but we all have like a, a equal respect for this form, this art form. And when it clicks, it fucking clicks for all of us. And uh, so doing these movies, it obviously clicks and Moonlight happens to be on both of our lists. So I love that. Um, so for the project, um, one of my favorite things about Moonlight, I, I love so many things and we'll get into them when we do, we'll do categories for later, but one, one of the best things to me and kind of something that I came out of it when I first saw it, uh, I came out of it like, Oh, Mahershala Ali is, is, is cool. <laughs> you know, like, it's a cool motherfucker. You know, I already knew who he was. I, I had an idea of like, you know, like how talented he was, but something like really, really happened inside of me when I watched, when I watched his character one in the movie. Uh, one best supporting actor, the Oscars. And I was like rooting for him so hard. It was the hardest I've ever like rooted for a person at the Oscars to like for, for a performance category. And I was just so stunned and so moved by kind of the subtlety of his performance, but also the the presence, you know, uh, like the way he dresses, the way he smokes a cigarette, the way he talks to little, uh, everything about him in this movie just kind of like rattles me. And so I kind of wanted to run with that. And because I know you guys are both big, big supporting actor, like nerds, like I am. It's one of the, maybe the coolest category to like look at. I wanted to kind of do a project with the best actor, uh, best supporting actor winners from the 21st century. Yeah. So I, I was going to do 2010s, but I was like, no, let's, let's expand a little bit. Let's get some more people in here. You know, let's, uh, let's get the Benicio del Toros, you know, like, let's, let's get those guys, the George Clooney's let's get them. Let's get them in the mix. Uh, so my idea was to do a draft with with the winners. And the idea is there's five spots you have to fill. Uh, five different like little little jobs. And these jobs are, of course, for a heist team. Okay. We have the we have the team leader slash mastermind. Think think Ben Affleck, the town, right? You know, he's like the the guy who really gets things moving. You have the crowd control slash brute. You got the guy who fucking screams at people. You know, when they're, you're doing the heist, you're doing the robbery. He's the guy who's like, hey, I'll fucking knock your head off. You know, if uh, if things don't go correctly while you're doing stuff. Uh, you got the safe cracker. Like he's the specialty guy who goes in and actually goes to the vault, steals the money, right? Uh, you have the driver, of course. Got to have a guy who can, who can drive different vehicles, get you around, get you out of, you know, different, you know, different jams. Uh, and then you have the kind of, I call him the hacker. Kind of like the tech, tech technology guy. Maybe he's sitting in the van doing stuff on his computer. You know, uh, think think Belushi and a thief. You know, uh, Michael Mann's thief from 1981. Like the guy who just kind of like knows how to get through different alarm systems and do different stuff. So five people. The people we're going to be selecting are, of course, best supporting actor winners from this 21st century. And you're okay. trying to fill. You're trying to fill each job. Okay. Okay. One, one more time with the categories. One more time. Team leader slash okay. mastermind. Okay. Crowd control, safe cracker, driver, and hacker. Okay. Question. So, yes, yeah. Let's let's hear what what you guys what we, if you guys understand or, or what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. Are we drafting these actors or these characters? Yeah. Actors. Characters. Oh, no, actors. 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 Okay. Because yeah, I mean, there's no way to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you could. <laughs> yeah. But, like. You know, like, of course, like, it'd be a lot cooler to have fucking Heath Ledger as the Joker in a heist movie over, you know, um, uh, Jim Broadbent and Iris, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah. a little, it's a little different. No, it's it's about that actor, but at that time. 
Okay. So you don't you don't get Heath Ledger, you know, obviously now because he's not with us anymore. But you also don't get him 1999. You get him 2007, 2008, that era of of Heath Ledger. If you pick, I, I, I don't know. I, the character thing is actually really interesting. The more I think about, it, I'm like looking at these, I'm like, man, some of these characters would be hilarious. As it's, like, it's as... going to be really hard to disassociate. Yes, yes, that's maybe what I'm more. Bumping. Okay, well, well, that's okay. That's what I was thinking. Is you're not really disassociating. You're not okay. saying, uh, you're not saying, oh, this is the, you know, the grandpa from Little Miss Sunshine, Alan Arkin. But you're like, it kind of is. <laughs> But like, there's there's some that's like 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 uh like Christoph Waltz is like nowhere near Hans Landa in real life. You know what I mean? Like, but you know, yeah, movie. yeah, but <laughs> obviously, yeah. <laughs> I, I, my my main my main goal is to make sure like if you're picking Morgan Freeman for Million Dollar Baby, you're picking 2003, 2004 Morgan Freeman, not now. That's 20 years ago. So you're picking a much different person. You know, a much different type of actor. Uh, who was capable of a lot of things at that time, you know, uh, is much older now and is a little bit different. Uh, so that was kind of my thinking. I mean, of course you can associate, yeah, like, oh, you know, it's, it, it is Joker and Hans Landa and, you know, Anton yeah. Sugar on the same team. Full disclosure, that, that is entirely own. how I intend to approach this. Just uh, yeah. Fair enough. Also, also, there is a big rule. Mahershala Ali and Christoph Waltz are both two-time winners. You can only pick them once. So okay. once Mahershala Ali is off the table, he's off the table. Uh, once okay. Christoph Waltz is off the table, he's off the table. Uh, we can't. Connor and I can't both have Christoph Waltz. So right. choose accordingly. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, it's only winners. I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle through them real quick just for the listeners so they know kind of like what our general pool is. Uh, we have Benicio del Toro from Traffic 2000. We have Jim Broadbent Jim Broadbent from Iris 2001. Chris Cooper from Adaptation 2002 underrated performance. Tim Robbins from Mystic River, 2003. Morgan Freeman from Million Dollar Baby, 2004. George Clooney, Siriana, 2005. Alan Arkin, Little Miss Sunshine, 06. Javier Bardem, No Country for Old Men, 2007. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Uh, Heath Ledger, The Dark Knight, 2008. Christoph Waltz, Bastards, 2009. Christian Bale, The Fighter, 2010. Uh, Christoph, Christopher Plummer, Rest in Peace, Beginners, 2011. Christoph Waltz again, Django Unchained, 2012. Jared Leto, Dallas Buyers Club, 2013. That would be an, an odd one. Uh, J.K. Simmons, Whiplash, 2014. Mark Rylance, Bridge of Spies, 2015. Marshall Ali, Moonlight, 2016. Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards Outside, Ebbing, Missouri, 2017. Marshall Ali, Green Book, 2018. Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 2019. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, 2020. 2021, Troy Kotzer, Coda, and last year, Kihi Kwan, of course, for everything, every while at once. So great, great, great list of dudes. Uh, there's plenty to choose from for all of us. We're all going to have five each. We're doing a snake draft. I did a randomizer just a little while ago. Connor, you have the first pick. I have second. Adam third on the turn. Connor, if you have any more questions, hit me with them. If not, you're on the clock. Okay. This is interesting. I've never done anything like this before. Um, okay. <laughs> I want J.K. Simmons as my safe cracker. Oh, nice. Uh -oh, That's nice. a whiplash. That's yeah. J.K. Like Simmons, uh, in my opinion, for what I for what I've seen, the strongest, like most impactful best supporting actor win of all time. Uh <laughs> whip whiplash, incredible stuff. Yeah, I you know, I can just see him I'm, I mean we kind of did see it in the Lady Killers, 
Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing. See, you're not you're not just thinking about him and Whiplash. You're thinking about what is what has he been capable of? Yeah. You know, he's one of those versatile as hell film uh, actors who can pretty much do anything. And his turn as Fletcher and Whiplash cemented his place in in film history. Pretty much, we're gonna be talking about that in a few weeks. But um, yeah, I just I love seeing him as you know something about tempo and the safe cracker. Like it just made sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Uh, so he's your safe cracker. He's the guy who's like going to the vault. And he's like, everybody, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to focus. You know, he's he's doing all that all that dirty work. I I love it. So that's a great pick. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, J.K. Simmons, yeah, yeah. He's he's a he's a character actor at heart and could totally could totally do any of these jobs. I think so. That's a really good pick. Um, oh, man, second pick is always hard because you're like, where's Adam going to go with his back to back? You know. Um, I think I, I think I want to take my crowd control guy first here, and I, you know I love him in Judas and the Black Messiah, but I'm really ta- I'm really taking his energy from Widows. Uh, that's Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Ah, dang it. Kaluuya crowd control just just the way he just stares at people is uh, gonna make him shut the hell up. Uh, so <laughs> I'll take I'll take him. Yeah, he won for Judas and the Black Messiah. Probably should have been up for. Uh, Best actor. Um, I don't know. Him and him and Lakeith kind of like split time, I guess, in that movie, and they were both up for supporting. It was kind of one of those weird ones, but uh he did win. He has a he has a statue, and that's wonderful. Uh I anticipate he'll be up for like another five nominations before he's done. The guy's a total freak, so I I, I feel very good about him being on my team. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um I I I'm like Connor, I cannot separate um the role especially especially with this guy uh and this particular role uh i give me javier bardem for no country for old men um for let's figure out which one let's let's go safe cracker because he'll literally just probably just shoot a lock you know something straight through the lock and yeah uh (laughs) that air gun just (laughs) yeah that's all i need for uh yeah safe cracker. i don't want him driving necessarily i i you know I I don't want him behind the computer. He's not a hacker. He needs to be in the. Action. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's also I also don't want him as a team leader because he's just a total wild card. So um, that's not going to happen either. He's yeah. We need him as just like kind of like the hired gun to just kind of come in and do this. Um, okay, my team. Oh, uh, actually, I'm, uh, as I'm scrolling, I'm like, do I want it? Because I'm not going to pick again for a minute. So um, there's only a couple people in here that I just like straight up don't want. You know. Like I'm like ah, I'm good I, if I get yeah I know it's a lot of cool cool dudes yeah ah yeah. uh, screw it yeah give me a Cliff Booth uh, uh, Brad Pitt as Cliff Booth and once upon a time in Hollywood uh, <laughs> I mean both y'all are gonna take him at some point in this um, and give me him as the driver I like uh, that I like that exactly old man Brad Pitt yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no that's a that's a great call I I like that Brad Pitt like sixty year old Brad Pitt just hanging out driving driving nice cars getting out of jams making people laugh you know yeah yep. no he'll be, he'll be a good chemistry guy you know yeah no yeah him and bardem he could be like hey man like, let's yeah. fucking chill out yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh no nothing wrong with that that's a good pick uh okay well then i have to i have to take my guy mahershaw ali um yeah. i'm gonna go i'm gonna go team leader with mahershaw ali okay uh he's a two-time winner one of the only guys to ever do that did it and you know with green book and moonlight He's just yeah. He, I I don't know how you couldn't like this guy. Um, he's he's a total gem, and I'm glad to have him on my team. I think as a team leader, uh, he could be 
you know, there could be some storyline where Ali and Kaluuya kind of have like a chemistry, but they also kind of hate each other. Kind of like Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck in the town, you know, they're kind of like we're brothers, but like, fuck you, you know, you're a dickhead. Uh, you know, I love to picture Kaluuya screaming at Mahersha Ali, like you grew up right here. <laughs> same, same rules as I did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, Kaluuya with like, maybe with like a British accent with his, with his proper uh, uh, British accent. So that's, I, I gotta go Ali. I, I, I don't think Connor was going to take him, but I just have to make sure he's on my team. Uh, Connor, you have two in a row. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Okay. I want Benicio Del Toro as my team leader. Ah, damn it. That's good. That's good. That guy commands a screen like few others. And I think he could command a a team of elite actor safe, like, you know, heist bank robbers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm picturing like, you know, there's this character in traffic, but also like I'm thinking, you know, Snatch and the usual suspects and his random like, weirdo kind of mumbler roles he has but then but then when like push comes to shove fucking sicario he comes out he's ready to he's ready to blast yeah is here to fucking succeed and pull this off (laughs) (laughs) um yeah okay all right um crowd control i want sam rockwell oh i like that because wild card as we yeah, like we've seen with films like Seven Psychopaths, he can turn on a dime and fucking scare people, if need be. So I I trust him to handle a situation, especially if well, you know hmm? three billboards. He throws Caleb Landry Jones out the fucking window like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, after making us hate him the whole movie, and then all of a yeah. sudden it's like, oh, now we're on his side. How did you do that, Sam? Yeah, yeah, that's a great pick. I, I like that. He's kind of a wild card, but uh, also very good at playing off of people. Uh, so you can kind of like let Sam, like Sam, JK, and Benicio are all like great supporting, but also can take the lead when they need to. So some good picks. Um, Sam Rockwell, what, what what is he doing? Like, I feel like lately, I feel like that era, like 17, 18, you know, like when he was in Vice as, as Bush and I feel like we we're like, oh man, it's about to be like a Sam Rockwell, you know, fiesta. And I feel like kind of started not doing as much. I don't know. Is that just me? I can't recall. Uh, I'm, I'm looking him up right now. What has he done in the past like two years? Well, he, there was Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. 20, yeah. yeah. Um, Last year, what was that? See, see how they run or whatever. Oh, that movie sucked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just Yikes. Um, he was in The Bad Guys, uh, Richard Jewell, uh, Oh, Fossey Verdon, he's been around. Oh, he's just, I think, he's amazing in Fossey Verdon. I watched that. He's he's awesome in that. Nice. Yeah, he's just been, I you know, maybe relaxing after playing fucking you know racist cop and George W. Bush. I like I like that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> racist George W. Bush. Real quick, real quick, remind me who all y'all taken real quick so I can add it to my little list right here. So, Archula, uh, Kaluya, yeah, who else? Connor has Del Toro, Rockwell, and Simmons. And Austin, you have who again? Ali and Kaluuya. Okay, perfect. Okay, all right, cool. And it's my pick again. I'm 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 having a hard time here. Um, <laughs> I know. You're you're gonna take the one I want. I know it. I don't know. I I, I don't think I am. Um. Uh, Jesus. I think. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> this, this is going to be my driver 
I want to get my driver. Okay. And, okay I think and I'm safe. I, damn. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, fuck. Yeah, I, I gotta go. I gotta go with like like reasoning. Um, I'm gonna go Christian Bale as my driver. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I want him to also keep his British accent, so him and Daniel Kaluuya can have a little bit of banter. Um, I, I obviously I'm looking forward past the fighter to Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about what he's capable of. He pulls off a driver really well with the British accent. I'm I I got to go Bale. Do you get emaciated, unhealthy Christian Bale, buff Batman Christian Bale, or fat American Hustle Christian Bale? <laughs> I get, I get, I, I mean, I guess I get uh, 2010 cracked out Christian Bale. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm the squirrely one, you know. <laughs> that's a guy. I guess it's who I get, but I'm definitely thinking about yeah, like skinny Bale behind the wheel, and like being kind of quiet until he needs to pop off when someone's like, "Hey, man, like you took that, you ran past that red light, you know," and then he just fucking pops off on everyone, you know. I I can see Bale like. Kind of being his own team leader in a way, while also being the driver, being like I'm in charge of the show, but also being, you know, I just feel like Bale can do anything, so I want him on my team. You know, I passed up Heath Ledger. Sorry, you know, uh, I feel like he's somehow still on the board. Adam, go ahead. Um, he might he might remain on the board. Uh, for my oh, team leader, Lord. this is this this one's this one's easy. Uh, give me George Clooney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Danny Ocean himself. Uh, yeah, Danny Ocean himself. He uh, he won for Syriana, but I'm yeah, I'm kind of applying the Danny Ocean. Yeah. Uh, well, this I, is yeah, this is early 2000s George yeah. Clooney, so yeah. 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 I can do that. So, okay, so I have crowd control and hacker left. I'm kind of torn on a couple of those. Um I don't yeah, I mean Heath is like it's just he's just staring at me in the face, but um <laughs> give me oh, wow. Uh, let me scroll one more time and make sure I'm not forgetting anybody obvious. Uh Give me Christoph Waltz as my hacker. I like that. I like that a lot. Interesting. He's been around the block. He's done his own his own shit. Now he's like, let me step back. You know, I'm gonna take less uh, exposure. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the hacker. I'm gonna be st- take a step back. I, I love that. Yep. So that is yeah. So I'm I've got four of my five so far. And yeah, Christoph Waltz obviously wins for the two Tarantino movies, Bastards and Django. Uh, we will be doing a Django episode in a couple weeks. Um, God, great team. Clooney, Bardem, Pitt, and Waltz. Jesus H. Uh, okay, well, yeah, fuck. I got to take Heath Ledger. Um, I'll put him as my safecracker or hacker. Um, you know, Heath obviously liked to challenge himself a lot. Like to... Do many things in his sh- short time here here with us. I'm gonna I'm gonna put him as safe cracker. Heath Ledger's in on the action. You know, we're we're thinking this is a you know 26, 27 year old Heath Ledger before he passed away. Um, re- really, really showed in those last couple of years that he could just do anything. Uh, you know, from from I, I think I think the two most impressive kind of like double feature would be. Brokeback Mountain and Dark Knight of like, I mean, what do you, what do you, what more do you want from an actor? Yeah. God, the amount of potential in that man. So sad. Um, yeah, it really is. It sucks. It's so cool that he won. Yeah. You know, it, it, it does make you wonder just kind of like, why haven't we seen more of, uh, you know, 
like villains like this, like comic booky superhero villains, like get more love. But then you go back and watch The Dark Knight, and you're like, oh, that's why. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> can you name anybody from the, like, the <laughs> no. past twenty years who even came close? No, no, <laughs> not um, at all. I also just realized there are two Batman and two Jokers on this list, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you're you you are correct on that one. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, kind of neat. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. So you got Heath Ledger. Yeah. So now you have two pick your final two picks back to back. You have your driver and your hacker to, okay. to still pick. For my hacker, I want Troy Kotzer. Ooh, sly. That's a sly pick. I like that. I thought I, about that as well. Yeah. I am one of the few people who really went to bat for Coda. I don't know why people didn't love that movie more. I don't know. I enjoyed the yeah. I thought he was amazing, and I can totally see him as this, you know, quiet, deaf expert hacker who can get the job done super quick and just has like no dialogue. Just gets the job done. You don't know anything by the end of the movie, you know just as much about him as you did when the movie started, which is dick. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. Austin, Austin, you're eh. <laughs> I'm, I'm I, yeah, I don't know. We've talked, Connor and I have talked about Coda. Yeah, I just it's don't, fine. I just, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's heartwarming. It's nice. Yeah. But I'm just like, I, I don't see myself ever being like, let me go back and watch that. You know? I'm waiting for Apple to release a goddamn Blu ray so I can buy it. Yeah. yeah. We're going to keep yeah. waiting. I know. There's more and more of those that are not getting physical releases. It's crazy. Prey's finally getting one, which is great. Uh, the new, the most recent Predator movie that's getting a, a physical release in October. Oh, nice! Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, okay, so my final pick, Alan Arkin's my driver. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but specifically, angry heroin addict teaching his granddaughter stripper moves. Alan Arkin from Little Miss Sunshine. He's my driver. Damn it, dude. I was really thinking I could save him. Uh, every night it's the fucking chicken. <laughs> uh, good pick. Yeah, I want him as my hacker real bad. Um, I thought you were going to go Quan there. I thought you were going to take Kihu Quan, your boy. I considered it, but I don't know. The... I think I, I haven't, I know this is terrible, but I haven't seen him in enough. I've seen him in the Goonies. I've seen him in Temple of Doom, and I've seen him in Everything Everywhere all at once. Yeah. I don't think we really know what kind of actor he is yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I hear that, man. Um, and that's nobody's fault but Hollywood for yeah, fucking, yeah. cutting him out for 40 years. That's not on him. Uh, I really I really wish with my last pick I could go ahead and take uh, Robert Downey Jr. from Oppenheimer because he's going to win, but can't I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think I'm going to kind of do something, do something a little ballsy here. I, I want, so I do think it's important when you're forming a team like this to find guys who can, who can, especially if you're a hacker, who can kind of fade into fade in and out of the movie, if you will fade in and out of the story. And I think someone who's very good at that. And then coming with, with, with the fire, uh, not so much in this movie. I like him in this movie, but I think I've seen him do way cooler stuff. That's Mark Rylance, Bridge of Spies, 2015. Uh, underrated just an underrated actor i don't think it's you know a, a, i think i think mostly bridge of spies is just kind of a forgettable movie uh and he beat bale big short tom hardy the revenant mark ruffalo spotlight and sly stallone for creed i would love for one of those other guys to win but i do love mark rylance and i think he'd be a good addition to this team i got a bunch of egos on my team 
I need one guy who can kind of you kind of step back a bit. So I'm going to go Mark Rylance uh, as my hacker, uh, and that leaves one less pick for Adam. <laughs> okay, um, my crowd control, and I'm glad I I, I stumbled upon this guy. I kind of was waiting for this spot last because I, I I thought about Morgan Freeman. Nobody ended up taking him, right? Nope. I thought about that, but that's just like, man, it's a little too, like I need a little more kind of like, you know, a little more intensity um, than kind of like the, the God, like, you know, Morgan Freeman. Um, so I'm, I'm not really thinking about him from this movie in particular, but another one from around this time, uh, give me a Chris Cooper as my crowd. Love, character. love that pick. Yes. So I'm more thinking of him as the Conklin character from the Bourne movies, uh, mm. uh, kind of like intensity, you know, kind of like he going to keep people in order, almost like a cop, like, you know, um vibe to him but yeah i think that's that's gonna be needed probably as my crowd control so yeah so uh, give me chris cooper to round out my team yeah chris cooper legend uh yeah he's great in adaptation but i totally hear you as far as just kind of like what your the inspiration for that pick comes from a uh, super underrated i love this guy to death uh he's he, he's also a good guy for you you also have a lot of egos on your team so i think cooper is an ego but he's kind of He's a, he's a, uh, like a no nonsense, he's, like a no nonsense, no nonsense. And he can be streaky, like, uh, meaning he can come in and out. Like he can be five minutes in the movie and be like, that's the best guy on the screen right now. And then for 10 minutes, you don't see him, you know, he could be that kind of, that kind of cat. So I, I, I like that pick a lot. Uh, man, these teams are awesome. <laughs> yeah. We left, we left out some, obviously some, some great people, but you know, this is, this is the way, way the cookie crumbles. You, you're not going to pick everybody. Like you mentioned, Morgan Freeman still on the board. Uh, Jim Broadbent. That's the that's the only movie none of us have seen. Tim Robbins left on the board. Yep. Uh, not not really surprised by that. Um, let's see. Let me jump far ahead. Christopher Plummer, rest in peace. He's just too old. He, he's just yeah. really old. Really old. Oh. And, and, I don't know. Uh, that's, a, that's a great movie. I love that movie. But it's just, yeah, yeah, it is. It's, Jared uh, Leto. Jared Leto. Dallas Barge Club. Now, obviously, in Dallas Barge Club, like this is not the kind of person you want on your heist team, but. Jared Leto, early 2010s, could do a lot of different stuff on a heist team. So uh, I was a little surprised by that one. And Kihi Kwan, not yeah. taken. So, I mean, yeah, not like super surprising, but also there's some some bangers. You could create a team out of those guys. They're, 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 like, they're the leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're the rival team who are like, no one hired us, so we're going to fucking steal it. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the fourth movie. So, okay, last question. Connor, I'll let you go first. Okay. And you don't you don't have to you know put a ton of logic into it. With these five guys in mind, this is a hard heist movie. Give me a city that it's in, and give me a director. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, let's see. Um, we're going to steal. We're going to rob the Louvre. Oh, Benicio del Toro. <laughs> yeah, and I, I would hire for director. I would give this to. Damn. Um. Probably. You know what? Because of his track record, I'm going to give this to Steven Soderbergh. Oh, what? That's what I was going to do. Dang it! <laughs> Dang it! He's like the Soderbergh. king of the heist movie. Like, there's no, I know, I know, yeah, I know. And I've got Clooney, so I was like, yeah, no, that was gonna be, yeah, yeah. Why well, Clooney and Pitt? But yeah, no, that's a good pick. Good pick. <laughs> the, Lou- the Louvre, Steven Soderbergh. Specifically, he- specifically, we're gonna t- we're taking like <laughs> the Da Vinci's 
uh, Venus of the Rocks or Madonna yeah. of the Rocks, whichever one that is. We're taking that painting. Wow. We're going to make everybody think we're going after the Mona Lisa. Okay. I can dig. I can I can dig this. Starring, starring Benicio Del Toro, Sam Rockwell, J.K. Simmons, Alan Arkin, and Troy Kotzer. Wow. Del Toro is the art historian who was recently fired, and this is his revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, J.K. Simmons was his roommate back in school, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is great, great stuff. Okay, Adam, uh, wh- wh- where are you going, and-, and who's directing? Yeah, the Soderbergh thing that that hurt me. Um, <laughs> uh, I-, I I don't want it to be quite as dark. I just probably just want it to be like, oh, Fincher, but it's like I do have Clooney as like the kind of like almost like wisecracking team leaders. Like I need that to be more a slightly more comedic tone. Um, I don't necessarily need it to be. Venture. So give me Paul Thomas Anderson. Um Ooh. as as my okay. directing a heist movie starring these people, uh Clooney, Cooper, Bardem, Pitt, and Waltz. Uh and let's put it in. Let's go to Madrid. Let's go to Madrid. Uh okay. I can dig. So that's yeah. I, I was thinking maybe like Berlin or I I immediately went to Europe uh, just like Connor did uh before he even said um Paris, but yeah, I I thought about maybe Berlin, kind of get the Christoph Waltz shot up. But yeah, let's let's go let's go Madrid because there's a, there's a Madrid connection in a couple of these guys, you know, different movies. So um, yeah, let's go. Paul Thomas Anderson set in Madrid. <laughs> okay, I I can dig that. I like that a lot. So I, I think I would do more of a period piece. I might go back in time and maybe make it more of like a Franco, like um, like something like that, like a Franco regime, like the kind of like Castilian versus like other Spanish, you know, uh. Uh, territories and and yeah regions like that maybe that's my like the, the route I'm gonna go. Oh, Fuck, okay. I want to see that movie. Yeah, <laughs> that, sounds, sounds, that sounds yeah, that sounds legit. I, I so so also I, one of the connections I do love from your team and I, like I mentioned the town a couple times is Chris Cooper plays Steve McRae, Doug's mm-hmm. Dougie Dougie's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I could w- the scenes that he's in when he like goes to visit him in prison, you could totally see he used to be a crowd control guy. Oh yeah, you can, yeah. You can totally you can totally see that. Uh, good. Okay, so in Madrid, period piece. Yeah, written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, who likes <laughs> to do his period pieces. Yep, starring George Clooney, Chris Cooper, Javier Bardem, Brad Pitt, and Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Ah, you also what's it. what's great about that is you get some some PTA newcomers. You get some yeah. some new some new blood. Yep. Yep. Okay, I I can, I can dig that. I, I like that a lot. Um. So for mine, obviously, I've got I've got Kaluuya. I've got some British guys, you know. I got I got some Brits, and I, I want to be in London, of course. Uh, or what? What I was thinking is a a string of heists around England, also you know, London, Manchester, wherever you know, kind of going all around ar- around the country. Uh, and I'll do kind of you know, I want to say I want to set it in like 1998, so it's not quite the technology isn't insane, but it's also there's still things that make it really difficult to get by, you know, uh, to, to do this stuff. But director, you know, Soderbergh's a great pick. PTA definitely is going to make it a, a little more, you know, it's going to get some slapstick stuff going on there, get some, like, some banter. It's going to be a lot of fun between, especially, I think, for me, Pitt and Clooney. I think Pitt and Clooney are going to apply that same Soderbergh, you know, stuff to to, to PTA, and, and it'll be even, even more ridiculous. Um, you know, this is tough. I, I think... I think what I'll do here is is go with the guy that you guys were talking about last week, uh, the director of Parasite. I'm going to go Bong Joon Ho. Whoa! Uh, I want to see Bong. I want to see Bong Joon Ho. You know, he, we've seen him work with a lot of American 
uh, or, or rather English speaking uh, actors. I want to see him go full tilt and use these super talented guys and, and make a movie that's uh, that's that's uh, in in Western Europe. So uh, we all went Western Europe for our setting. We stayed away from the states, <laughs> which I love. Uh, we went we went Soderberg, um, PTA, and Bong Joon Ho guys who are, who are still very 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 talented and have been for a long time. So I like that. This is this is good stuff. I was when you said like you know cast of Brits London. I was sure you were gonna go Guy Ritchie. <laughs> no, he's done it already. I want someone who's yeah. never done it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I almost yeah. I want I want someone who's like I like PTA because I like that he hasn't really done anything like that. You know, he's never really tackled that. But I could yeah. see him trying. You know, Kaluuya Kaluuya needs to be in a Guy Ritchie movie. That's like he'd be. Oh, so good. that'd be that'd be sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you know Adam. You mentioned Fincher. I think Fincher could take all these casts and do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do wonderful, wonderful work with all of them. Obviously, Tarantino would be awesome for all of these casts. Uh, I think, like, you know, you get the Coen. Maybe this is the way to get the Coen brothers back together. You know, like working together again, doing a heist movie with, uh, you know, I mean, especially you know, Brad Pitt, George Clooney. Like, come on, yeah. <laughs> they, they 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 would love that. Uh, good shit. So yeah, so we got we got three three movies on deck here that I would see all of them. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Buy yeah, buy advanced tickets for him. Yeah, put us in charge at, at one of these studios. <laughs> Come on, Plan B. Can us... use some new blood right now. Yeah, yeah. Plan B. Yeah. Give, us, give us some. Yeah, Brad Pitt. I picked you. Yeah, give us give us a chance. <laughs> I love going to like to Brad Pitt, like assembling a meeting and like using that as your bargaining chip. Like, hey, I picked you in my fantasy heist draft. So we're gonna do this. Yeah. On yeah, the world famous you, film guys and podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you listen to that Moonlight episode? <laughs> I don't know if you caught it or not, but yeah. <laughs> the first half of it, we did a draft of best. <laughs> okay, so re- real quick though, so the so the 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 leftovers. Let's say the leftovers is directed by Tarantino, uh, or or I think Cohen's would be funnier. Uh, let's bring the Cohen's back together. The leftovers would be. We'll start with. Uh, 2000 broadbent plumber okay yeah broadbent freeman that's two plumber leto uh, and uh he quant he quant yeah yeah and tim robbins so we actually have some extra blood uh we have to cut somebody yeah. or just give him six you know i almost added a sixth spot for like the old like like pete pulls the weight and and uh the town who's just like the guy who like really runs everything the yeah but i can the real see, mastermind i can see plumber doing that and yes. and morgan freeman Yes, yes. And, and, um, Jim Robbins. Yeah, Jim Robbins. And honestly, I could kind of see Tim Robbins doing it. Fuck it. All three of those older guys did do that. Like, you know, (laughs) Robbins did that in Hot Fuzz. Plummer did it in Inside Man. And Freeman did it in Wanted. So, you know, the funniest one would be Kihu Kwan (laughs) (laughs) running the show. (laughs) I can see him being kind of like, you know, putting on a face of like, I don't really know what I'm doing folks as team leader, but secretly being like, if they cross me, I'm going to kill them now. Yeah. He just snaps. Yeah. Yeah. And he's really pulling the strings. Yeah. Great stuff. I would see the leftovers directed by uh, the Coen brothers. I would see that for sure. (laughs) Good shit guys. This is exactly how I wanted it to turn out. Uh, Lots of fun. Uh, You guys are always on board to just tackle random shit. So anything else you guys want to do before we move on? Well, just just to so people know, like the only thing you told me was just uh, <laughs> look at the list of best supporting actors in the two thousands. I was like, okay, that's it. That's the only thing I knew. There was no like planning. There's no so yes, yeah, so people know that was pretty much off the cuff. That was yeah. that was uh, yeah. In here, all he told me was assemble a list and tell me what you've seen and not seen, and that was yeah. Okay. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, aren't you glad? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, I was talking, to, I was talking to both of you guys at one point, just kind of like, you know, Moonlight. I love it to death. I, I really do. Um, I, but I, I do think like we've had some serious episodes, and we've had like some real reflecting. And we might do that here, the second half of the episode. We might get some some pretty serious thoughts out there. But I do think it was good to change pace. Yeah. Remind remind ourselves that this is all for fun. <laughs> you know, this is yeah. all this yeah. is all this is all for fun. And, and and I knew you guys immediately would respond to the heist thing because who doesn't love a good heist movie? Uh, I've always played the game pick a random year and those five guys from that category from that year are in your heist movie. Right. So I was like, let's just take that and expand on it. And you guys both fucking killed it. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful that you guys responded to it so quickly. I want to do this again. Like I want to go through the best actor, best actress, best supporting actors. Like I love this. I want to do this again. Yeah. The, the most important thing is to figure out a pool. Like we, like, you know, we were like picking dodgeball teams, you know, it was like, some people are going to get left. Some people are going to get picked last. But there's, you know, there, there's like a hierarchy to to like how we're picking. So, uh, yeah, I love that. One more time, I'll run through them before we move on to to a Moonlight discussion. Uh, Connor's team, uh, they're going to the Louvre, directed by, written and directed by. We also picked all guys who can write and direct. I love that. Written and directed by Steven Soderbergh. He's got Benicio del Toro from the 2000 era uh, as his team leader. Sam Rockwell, 2016-17 as uh, crowd control. J.K. Simmons, 2014. As the safe cracker, Alan Arkin, uh, circa 2006, uh, for his driver, and Troy Kotzer just a couple years ago for uh, his hacker. Yeah, that yeah, that'd be a really cool movie. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah, I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> uh, Adam Adams uh, Adams team. They're going. They're going to to Madrid. They're going to Spain, and it's written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Franco's his team. Spain. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I, I love that. And the specific era is cool. Uh, Great, great for PTA. Uh, your team leader is George Clooney, Syriana, early 2000s, George Clooney. Uh, also, early 2000s, Chris Cooper for crowd control. You got 2007 uh, era, Javier Bardem as your safe cracker. You got, just a few years ago, for old man Brad Pitt as your driver. And you got Christoph Waltz in the, in the smack dab middle of his prime, 2009, uh, as your hacker. So, good shit. Uh, my team is going to 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 the UK. Uh, written and directed by Bong Joon Ho, Mahershala Ali, uh, 2016 as the team leader. Daniel Kaluuya from just a couple years ago as the crowd control brute. Uh, Heath Ledger, rest in peace, from late 2000s uh, as the uh, safe cracker. Christian Bale, 2010 uh, as the driver, and Mark Rylance, 2015 as the hacker. Uh, yeah, these are awesome teams. Can't wait to do something like this again. Uh, when the opportunity arises, we we will we will tackle it. Uh, but for now, I'd like to take a short break and we'll move on to Moonlight. All right, so Moonlight, uh, we'll, we'll we'll go through some of this stuff pretty quickly and, and give it some awards. We're going to do a draft for that as well. So double draft today for for you listeners. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Moonlight, Moonlight, just some basic some basic stuff. Uh, one of the coolest things is. Uh, it's four four million dollar budget, made sixty five mil. Incredible. Uh, also, when it won Best Picture at the Oscars, it made an additional uh, after after it won. It, I think I think that ceremony was in February of twenty seventeen. The famous uh, Warren Beatty, Faye Dunaway doing the uh, they, they're like La La Land won, and you know, oh actually it's Moonlight. No seriously, you guys won that whole de- you know just debacle. Uh, after that, the weekend's following. 
Moonlight made an additional $3 million. Wow. I mean, almost made their budget back because of winning Best Picture. So when people say the Oscars don't matter, I'm with you about 50%. There is there is something about it that matters. Like it made it, it, it made it, that's a lot of money, $3 million. So I, I always respond with that. Some of these movies that, you know, are, are underdogs, you know, Moonlight's an underdog movie that, that won Best Pick, uh, pr- pretty cool. Uh, additionally, won two other Oscars, uh, of course, Mahershali for Best Supporting Actor, uh, which, you know, is kind of the inspiration for for what we did. Uh, and, and, you know, that Best Picture category is is pretty good. It's pretty solid. There's not, like, a lot of competition for me um, in particular, but it is a, a pretty solid year. Connor and I did a um, uh, Oscar Sunday on it long, long time ago. Uh, we did Moonlight... Uh, of course, you know, like like Manchester by the Sea, La La Land, Lion, Hacksaw Ridge, uh, Arrival. It's a good group, right? And we had a lot of fun. That was that was like two and a half years ago. Pretty crazy. It was episode thirty five of Oscar Sunday. It was in the early early days. Uh, but I listened to some of it, and I was like, you know what? A lot of my thoughts are the same. <laughs> a lot, a lot of my thoughts, and I, I assume Connor, you're, you're in the same boat with uh with like the best picture category, anyway. Pretty much, pretty much. Um. If I can remember correctly, was my number one Hacksaw Ridge? I didn't get to the actual countdown. I got to, okay. I got like, I got like halfway through because we went through every category. That was that's what category. we, that's what we used to do. So like we went, we went like music, yeah. film editing, supporting actress, you know, uh, di- directing all this different stuff. So yeah. we were, we were really, really going for it. Um, but you know, uh, Moonlight also won screenplay, uh, which is really cool. That's also. Uh, Ter- Terrell Alvin McCraney, uh, who wrote the original story that this is kind of based off of, uh, Moonlight. So good, good for them. Like him and Barry Jenkins and Connor and I saw that Oscar at the Academy Museum in Los Angeles. That did, that that exact that exact statue is is in the museum. Uh, it's history. You know, it's two black dudes writing a movie about a gay black man uh, growing up in Liberty City, Miami. So pretty cool. We saw some history. Uh, you also have you know Naomi Harris that was up for supporting actress. Barry Jenkins up for director, James Laxton for cinematography. A, a total of eight nominations, pretty solid, uh, did well. And of course, I think it's always going to be remembered for kind of taking down La La Land. That that kind of, the the, the whole night, we, we knew one of those two was going to win. Is it going to be the ode to old Hollywood or is it going to be the new kind of new style? Uh, here's like an indie filmmaker who's up and coming, writing a real story about real people dealing with real problems. Uh, and I'm glad that that one won, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm 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 glad that we it, it took us this long to mention that thing, like the whole La La Land Moonlight thing, because like so it was so dominant that whole like the talk leading into that that Academy Awards, and then and then the actual moment of it, kind of like you know the flip of that. So I that honestly it got like a little bit played out and kind of tired. So I'm really glad that yep. we made it our you know like second hour of this podcast to even like mention it. So uh, that's great, but it does it, we needed to mention it. It's like <laughs> like that was pretty crazy. So uh, so it definitely was something we needed to mention. But uh, but no, I'm glad I'm glad it won as well. I actually like La La Land. I know there's like lots of there's some, it's good. Yeah, there's some problems with it. Like um, but I actually do. It's it's, it's an enjoyable watch. Yeah, I agree. Connor, where are you at in La La Land these days? Uh, I think it's fine. Um, I just want to point out that, like, I for a while that flub was the worst mistake in the history of the Oscars, and uh, that changed a few years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. No one's talking about a, an envelope swap anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, no, and, and uh, you know, I get it. Yeah, 
Way worse. <laughs> way, way, way worse. Uh. <laughs> La La Land is one I haven't revisited that much. Um, I think it's fine. I'm not that into like just Hollywood stroking itself for two hours. I just I don't I don't dig that that much. I felt the same way about Babylon. It's like, do I need do I need this? Like, I get it. Movies are cool. I'd like to see movies that aren't just about movies. So I'm, I I got some mixed feelings on that. I I I understand that, but but uh, you do like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because that's a Tarantino movie. First. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I, no, you did not I, trap I, me. You did not <laughs> trap me. <laughs> that is a you trapped yourself. <laughs> that movie's more about it's less about Hollywood and more about you know the Sharon Tate murder and uh, yeah, the no, bygone I'm, I'm era. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Once Upon a Time is way better than La La Land. That's just that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. You know, <laughs> that's something that I like. Uh, yeah. But I, I do love Babylon. I do love. I like the underbelly of of Hollywood, and I think Once Upon a Time and Babylon that's, are both trying to sh- trying to show the nastiness. What's that's the very true. You just reminded me that what, what's the Phil Baker Hall quote? Uh, the, the yeah, that's me. what I was. That's what I was going for. Yeah, <laughs> just, I don't, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I like butter in my ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's also like Denzel in Room of the Titans when he's like, "I don't scratch my head unless it itches. I don't yeah. dance unless I hear music." <laughs> that's just that's just me. <laughs> hey, remember, remember the Titans is coming soon on a on a, uh, a yet to be announced project from Filmgasm. That uh, dear God, that's yeah, coming soon. <laughs> coming soon. Uh, that if if I'm on that, that could turn into like a four hour. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I careful. You, you pinpointed that like you know, Hollywood once upon a time in Hollywood and Babylon. They definitely deal with like you know the underbelly, the dark, the dark side of Hollywood. And I think La La Land's just too damn Lily White. It's too damn like, hey, everybody's dreams are going to come true for the quite, most quite part. Literally, Lily White. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and like, yeah. I mean, we don't like really need to go, but I do. I, like, I get I get frustrated when like John Legend, who's like this musical genius, is the guy who's like ruining jazz in the movie. I'm like, what? <laughs> why choose him? Was it- like, why did John? Why did John Legend sign off on that? I think it was like on a between two ferns where Zach Galifianakis told like told John Legend like has this movie made it like what's it like telling a story about like how black people took jazz from white people or something like that it was so like Jesus Christ Uh, (laughs) yeah 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 it's it's got its charm but yeah it's just not like I don't know it's just it's it's fine it's 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 entertaining that that's 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 quite all right best picture winner for like 1965. Yeah, yeah. My fair lady, correct. Yes, yeah. Just kind of like, yeah. All right, cool, fine. I, it's 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 good, but I, I, there's there's others that are better. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I, I love that. Of course, anytime the Oscars come up, it's like, well, we're going to talk a little bit about it. Uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, Moonlight, seven point four on IMDb, a little lower than I expected. Ninety eight percent Rotten Tomatoes, four point two on Letterboxd, and we will look at uh, a Letterbox review later. After we do some uh, moonlight moonlight categories, um, you know what I, you know what I think we should do is just swap the um, the the order of what we just did for the the heist draft. So Adam will pick first, yep. uh, then then I'll go, then Connor will go on the turn. Uh, of course, we have best quote, best music moment, best performance, and, and this is all again. This is all pretty much your favorite and uh, favorite scene. So uh, you can Adam, you can go wherever you want on the board, take whatever you want, go with whatever category, and we'll 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 just keep keep it moving. 
Okay. Well, I am happy to get the first pick because I want to make sure I for sure got this one. It's a music moment. Uh, and it's at the beginning of the third act. And it's when Cell Therapy by Goody Mob uh, drops. Yeah. My yeah. favorite song. You favorite motherfucker. <laughs> that is one of my favorite songs of the 90s. Uh, and yeah, I almost like forgot it was in this. And I was watching this song. I was like, oh, yeah. And like yeah, the beat has that little piano, the little. Boom, boom, boom. boom. Yeah. And I, I, it's funny. I, I, you know, like when we have open gyms and stuff like that at the, at the school, like I'll let guys play music if it's, you know, whatever, um, like they'll just play whatever. And I'll play some stuff sometimes. And I, I'll, I'll usually go backwards. Cause like, they're always listening to kind of modern stuff and I'll go backwards just to kind of be like, Oh, I'm like the OG, like, like playing like old stuff. And I played this one time and this kid was like shooting a free throw. And he just stops. And he goes, what is this? I was yeah. like, I was like, it's called self therapy. Like goody mob. He's like, I love this. And, he, and then like a week later he came back. He goes, I've listened to that song every day. I love that song. I was like, yeah, man, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. So yeah, I'm gonna go with that one for a music moment. Yeah, this this is a great. This is one of the three that I wrote down. I knew I knew if you had a chance, you were gonna take it. Goody Mob. Not only is this song fucking sick and like a great one to like drive to, uh, in the movie, it's a great way to introduce uh, Black. It's a great yeah. way to introduce yes. the oldest the oldest version of Chiron, uh, with the with the the grills with the the do rag. He puts his hand on the gun, you know, just kind of like oh, he's like hardened himself. He really, really wants to be Juan, you know uh the like guy that he looked up to when he was a kid uh but he doesn't quite know how to do it because he lost him and the coolest touch with having goody mob as the song uh, and cell therapy as a song is that they're from atlanta and he lives in atlanta at this point in the movie (laughs) so sick it's such a cool like little touch and like one of my favorite things about barry jenkins is uh when he speaks i I think he gets misunderstood because because he's not the typical you know black director the way he speaks, you know, this is like a mis- misconception a lot of people have, misunderstanding. But he, like, chose that song himself because he was like, like, no, I, I, I lived in the 90s. Like, mm-hmm. I, I had, I, like, I got down, you know, like, I just, I don't, I'm not going to put that throughout my entire movie, you know. So the soundtrack for this movie is like, is so, has so much depth to it. There's so many different kinds of songs, you know, different kinds of artists. Aretha Franklin, Boris Gardner, Booty Mob, like, What? It's yeah. insane. It's ins- and on top of that, you have Nicholas Bratel putting in a shift. Like it is, it is great stuff. So I, I think, I think the music category is the most loaded out of all of these. I agree. I agree. That's why I'm glad I, I, I got first, but yeah, no, I, I would have been offended if it wasn't an Atlanta song. You know what I mean? Like that would have been yeah, like, right. It like it has been... to be outcast or goody mob. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah it's, it's a great bit. The, 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 the shot of him in his car puts like his arm over the armrest and kind of like looks over. Yeah. Who's like, Trevante Rhodes is like one of the most handsome, gorgeous men I've ever seen. And he like moves his hand to the gun. You're like, oh, he's yeah. Okay. He's a drug dealer. Like, all right. He's, we don't, and it's the beauty of Barry Jenkins and beauty of this movie is we don't need to hear anything. We just yeah. watch, just watch. Like you said, it's very atmospheric. Uh, yeah. you, you talked about that earlier. So great pick. Um, man, how do you follow that up? Um, I'm going to do something that, that might be a little un- unexpected, but as much as I love Ali, Mahershala Ali, as much as I, I think he's doing amazing stuff in this movie and why I kind of started that whole heist thing off of supporting actors, the winner of this movie to me is Naomi Harris. Uh, you know, I remember Connor and I, we, we were doing research for this episode that we did on Moonlight two and a half, you know, or yeah, like two and a half years ago. Um, she, re- she did all of her work in this movie in four days. And like insane, the range she has to go through, the emotions she has to go through, 
Um, and some of her scenes where she's going toe to toe with Marshall Lee, you know, like when she gets caught smoking, smoking on his block and she's like, you know, do you see the way, you know, the way he walks? Like you wonder why they all kick his ass all the time. Motherfucker. You know, like the way her, like her tone is just like, Oh Jesus. And then of course all the scenes where she's really high talking to Chiron, uh, especially in the middle of part of the movie are, are just so heartbreaking. And then the end, of the, and then the end of the movie with Black in Atlanta yeah. at the at, at the kind of the, the home she's at, uh, the, the the kind of basically a rehab center it is is unbelievable. The way she shakes when she's trying to smoke the cigarette, all of it is like she to me is the standout performer of the movie. So I have to take her. She is a scarier villain than like nearly every like Marvel movie I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like like she is, <laughs> yeah yeah like she's a villain. She's a, she's a straight up villain. Like like the stuff that she does towards her, like this child that she's supposed to love is like vile, you know, it's like really gross and like sad. I mean, look, there's, you know, you can make, you know, there's reasons why, you know, some of the stuff, the addiction has, has got a hold of her, but that that's still, there's no excuse to treat a child like that. I mean, it, it's like, it's vile. It is like, it, it is, um, man, it, it hit me harder this time for some reason. I was like, man, I forgot how like intense, like her, her stuff is, you know, it's like, yeah, it's really bad. And she's incredible. Naomi Harris is phenomenal. Yeah, but right, right from the get go, like the way she comes off, comes out like the the side of the like the apartment building, when when Juan takes takes him home that first day, and she's like, "Who is you?" You know, you're like, "Oh, here we go!" Like, yeah. like she just kind of like boom, like is like on the screen and like in your face. Uh, to me, like one of the most impactful scenes of the movie is when he goes home and the TV's gone. She sold the TV. We don't hear anything about that. There's no dialogue about it. It's just gone. Yeah, he's like, just like, yeah. It's like, well, that's like literally my only source of entertainment being at this yeah. shitty, shitty place that I live at. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many like little things that kind of like happen with 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 Paula, with Naomi Harris's character that they just keep stacking on top of each other to where like you need that closure at the end of the movie. You're like, as a viewer, and you can't imagine like what it's like to live with someone like that and have that as your mother. But you need it as an audience member. You're like, I need a conversation where they kind of like, tell each other they love each other you know like fuck <laughs> like so yeah. it's all because it's all because of her you know you have you have different actors playing chiron and kevin the whole movie naomi harris is there the entire time mm-hmm. so I, I i gotta take her and uh you know i love marisha lee i i love i love ashton sanders i love uh andre holland you know i love everyone in this movie but naomi's name is my gal so and i also love her in other shit so i think she's great uh connor you got two picks in a row Damn, I was I was planning on taking the Goody Mob song and Naomi Harris, so I'm kind of like <laughs> bored now. Like, fuck, what do I do now? <laughs> um, fuck. Okay. Uh, I I guess I will go with um, a scene. Okay. Uh, for me, it's the defining life moment of the movie, and it's pretty much framed as such. It's when in um, Sharon bucks up Terrell with that chair and just makes the decision like no one's putting me down again and gets escorted out of the school by the cops. But I just, I, I love the framing of that shot, just following him through the school, dude, right up to the classroom. He just goes in, takes off his backpack without hesitation, picks up that chair and fucks him up. And it's satisfying because that guy was such a prick, just an absolute piece of shit bastard. And yeah, like, it's it's both it's it's him taking charge of his life, which is great, but it's also him forever pushing his life in the dark, and that is also it's terrible. But it's it's like a, you have such mixed emotions in that scene. 
And this movie's all about mixed emotions. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, uh, can you keep a secret? I know you can, you know, uh, I like that, that, like you said, the framing of that scene from when it all happens, like when he gets the shit kicked out of him, which is like, is so sad. Um, for just knocked down. No, I mean, for just yeah, 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 just for the yeah. hell of it. Like by the, game, the man he loves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the man that just that just touched him, like that just like had like a beautiful moment on the beach. Uh, it, I, I my, like my favorite part of that scene is like when his is Ashton Sanders. Like, good lord! Like this is when I was like, man, this dude can fucking act. Is again, no, no, no talking, no dialogue, no nothing. It's just Barry Jenkins just honing in on the face when he puts his face in the ice. Mm-hmm. at home and like the water fills up the blood and he looks at the mirror and he's like that's the moment he decides like i'm gonna be hard like i'm gonna like and he says that later on in the diner with kevin he's like i decided to build myself hard like like that's just the way the way it was the way it is and he's like you know and kevin's like that's not fuck that that's not the way it is you know uh from that moment at like age 16 17 years old that's when he decides like this is what i'm gonna do i'm i'm gonna become i'm, I'm like i'm gonna become a gangster like i don't really well, know where else to i don't know where else to run and he has that, like, you know, you guys mentioned the 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 way it's shot. Like, he's kind of, you know, kind of going through the school. There's that bit where he walks past us. Dude, guard. yes. Yeah. Guard kind of looks at him like, mm, like, <laughs> like, that like, is he's, like, he's pushing those doors open yeah, yeah. every, every, boom, boom. Yes. It's yeah. a long walk. <laughs> it's the same security guard that helped him, right? The day before, yes. or whatever long, that was. The yeah. long dreads, yeah. Right. Um, and, and you can tell he has this, like, almost, like, steely, like, resolve of, like, it's like, oh, he's, like, on a mission here. Like, there's, yeah, he's headed for something. Um but he pretty calmly, like once he gets to that actual classroom, he kind of calmly. I'm like, yeah, like the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, he's, you know, he's definitely like angry, but like, is he gonna say something? Is he gonna like, what's he gonna do here? You know, um, <laughs> the chair is just like, whoa, like that's just, yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. But uh, I remember the first time, first time I saw it, I was just like kind of shocked that that was like the tact he took. But no, it's, it, it honestly makes sense. Like, you, you know, you you don't ever want to have like you know excuses for violence, but it's like, man, that guy just like just stop. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's just just evil, like just for nothing. I mean, it's it's a classic like hurt people, hurt people. So it's like I should be empathetic towards him, but it's like it, he he makes it very hard for hard to you know that kid does a good job acting. I should I should get his name. Um, yeah, yeah, he's incredible in this yeah. movie. Yeah, that uh, guy. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll try to keep van <laughs> things, but let me find it. I thought I had it up earlier, but um, I, I I looked it up too. I can't I can't remember. Uh, uh, Patrick DeSeal. Just De, I think it's something like that. Patrick uh, Terrell, yeah, Terrell, right? His name, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he, yeah I mean, God, I mean, the scene when they like stop him, him and his buddy stop him in the in the road and start talking about Genalmo and I, I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> I know, I know. I know. <laughs> He's going to Teresa's house. Yeah, like, oh no, don't bring up Teresa. <laughs> don't you dare! Yeah, sweet she's Teresa. Such a, she's such an angel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to quote man. another Best Picture winner, he had it coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That that that's. That's damn right, Connor. And you also have another pick. Where are you going? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and take Mahershala Ali. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Um, yeah. I think on the previous when we did this on Oscar Sunday, I think I went either Naomi Harris or Ashton Sanders. I'm pretty sure I went in one of those camps. But on this specific watch, there was something about Mahershala's presence that spoke to me more than it had in the past. I don't know what it was specifically. The scene where uh, little is asking him if he sells drugs and if his mom does drugs and he just the immense fucking guilt on on Juan's face. It's so well done. It's such a it's a silent 
bit of performance, but like right there, I'm like, that's how he won the Oscar, right? Right there. That's the scene that got him the gold. And yeah, yeah. I yeah, I can't argue with that man at all. You 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 know where my head's been at for the past seven years now. <laughs> it's been it's been like the, the I, presence. I that's feel the like, best word. I feel like Frank watching Mac do the do the dance. Like I get it now. I get it. <laughs> Exactly right. Yeah, Ali is is so good in this, and and again, why? What he's he's kind of what inspired the the beginning heist draft that we did. So thank you, Marshall Ali. Um, yeah, yeah. Juan, Juan is great. Uh, of course, the like you're in the middle of the world, you know, and then explaining kind of like why the movie's called Moonlight is really it's a great. That's a great scene too. So he's he's awesome. His like his like batting percentage while he's on screen is through the roof. Uh, even though he's not in it a ton. Uh, okay, so now it's back to me. Man. Okay. Um, man, this is tough. I'll I'll do I'll do best scene as well, or favorite scene as well. Con- Connor with the, the throwing the chair scene. I, you know, I have three written down. Okay. I I wrote down the scene that Connor just mentioned at the dinner table. I only have uh, one. Dang it, and that's mine. Dang it. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wrote. I wrote that one. I wrote two others. One, two others down. I'll, I'll, you can talk about that one later. Uh, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the beach scene. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go with the beach scene. This is Drill Drum and Ashton Sanders. Two of the two of two of those dudes. These guys are look out for them. They're they're gonna be around for yeah, a long Jerome, time. Jerome I think. Is, yeah, I I forgot how good he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. They're like like bisexual, like self aware Kevin at age sixteen. <laughs> it's yeah. like, He's like, uh, he's, he's so good. Uh, the middle part of the movie because of him is, is like, goes to like another level, I think because of those two guys. Uh, I, I'm obsessed with that scene. The, the beach scene when, you know, uh, Chiron's going there to like escape and he don't want to go home. He, he's like on the subway doing this and that, whatever, and ends up on the beach and he's just kind of sitting there looking at the ocean. And, and then Kevin, who, who, who walks up, it's Kevin with a blunt. And he's like, immediately like has this, like, kind of annoying like kind of like swag about him he's like the one put you on this blunt motherfucker <laughs> you know, yeah. like he's just the way he talks is like dude shut up but it's also like i want to give you a hug you know very he, very miami yeah yeah he's just like this this douchebag that you want to hang out with I, I can't i don't know how to explain it but uh when they finally kind of like start the tension starts kind of building and it gets deeper and then you know he's, he he gives him a hand job and it's like one of the most it's one of those scenes especially when i saw this movie at age 21 it like it like changed me. It was like, oh, like I I don't know if I've quite ever watched a uh you know a gay movie specifically you know involving like rep- representing you know black men. I don't think I've ever seen this before. I don't think I've ever seen something this like tender. Nicholas Patel, the kind of like swir- you know swelling score behind them. Ashton Sanders' hand, the way it like grips the sand because he's just like oh like oh my god like I can't believe this is happening. Gerald Drum's ability to just kind of bring him in the way his hand is on his neck. You're like, this is like a beautiful scene. And I've never seen anything like it. I really haven't seen much like it since. So I just think it's a standout and I, I wanted to pick it because I, yeah, I really think it like was essential to my growth as a person, especially as a, as a, as a movie fan, uh, you know, uh, now seven years ago. So I'll go with that for, for, for my, my favorite scene. Uh, Adam, you have two in a row. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember thinking like at some point, if like we ever had to describe this movie in one word, it would just be intimate, you know, like, yep. Yep. Yeah. It's like the, yeah, the, the, the shots are really close up. That's a Jenkins kind of, you know, signature. Yeah. Yeah. 
not yeah. like if Bill Street could talk, same shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's just it's just a very intimate movie in so in so many ways. Um. Okay. So mine kind of go hand in hand. Uh. So Perfect. I will. Yeah. I'll kind of go. So best scene and cool. I can say performance because you guys have both done that. So I'll do that for my last one. Correct. Good call. So I'll go with the scene, and it is the you know what is an F word uh, scene at the table. Um, Oof, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, yeah. Like first of all, that he 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 feels like he can i mean at that point what how many times do you think he's been around these two you know hand, two or three times like yeah 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 uh and and, and the, he he's like i can't ask my mother this because she's a nightmare like i have to ask these people who i like, don't even really know um this like incredibly deep question you know um and they answer and honestly the way they handle it like the little looks they give each other like their their chemistry is awesome um marshall and and, and uh and janelle Monet. um I, I, I don't know, man, that scene just like yeah, absolutely just destroys you. I mean, it's just, it, you just, you feel for this like little kid. It's just like, he, he's, he's like, I don't I understand. Like, why are they calling me this? You know? Um, and, and, and then just the fact that like, that they took the time to like set a table for him, you know what I mean? Like, like he's probably not really like ever experienced that. Like, it's like that, like such a basic little thing. It's like, Oh no, like you're gonna eat here. We're gonna set the table. We're gonna sit in the three of us, like no phones. Nothing. Like we're just gonna talk as like a, as like a, you know, a family unit of some sort um he's just he's like he's not he doesn't even know how to like handle it it's it's like it's like shocking to him uh and then he feels like oh like now i can ask this question like these people that i've like you know i I trust all of a sudden um you realize like how vulnerable like just kids are in general like there's just times in life where you're just like man like like kids are just so vulnerable like it's like the people who take advantage of kids is just like shame absolute shame on them but um that that scene and then it within that scene is my best quotes which is one and he says at some point you gotta decide for yourself who you're gonna be can't let no can't let nobody make that decision for you and that is to me like the movie right it's like it's like that yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah that is like the theme is like trying to trying to figure out exactly who you are um who gets to decide that do you get to decide that all that stuff and so yeah they go hand in hand but uh but th- those would be my two picks okay yeah no, nothing wrong with that uh yeah, yeah, this is you know Connor was speaking about earlier. This is when Mahershala he's like, hold my fucking beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, like I got you, you know. Um, and, and and you know one of my favorite touches of that because again it it's not it's got it's got some like it's got some stuff that's like a you know typical like oh well, here's like rough part of Miami like drug drug dealing whatever this or that and like then Atlanta you know like and like there's like but there's like little touches of like showing that. And one of the little touches with Mahershala Ali, when Juan, when he walks in, when Little walks in, and he sits down, he's like, "Nuh-uh, like you can't see who's coming after you. You know, if you can't see anybody's creeping on you. You got to yep, sit yep. here. Now you can see everything. You know, it's like such like a little touch of like, this is who Juan is. Yeah, because yeah. he because because he's been hardened. You know, and this is like this is him doing his best to kind of father Little, and and you know for what it. For what it's worth, uh, you know, I think he does a pretty good job. You know, um, obviously we don't see well, how it's he... better than the alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stepped up, right? And, yeah. and Teresa, like Teresa, my god, like he eats with Juan, and then Teresa makes him another plate, and he just keeps eating. And he's like, "Man, you can eat, like that's for sure." Yeah. And Teresa's like, "You don't gotta talk to you're good and ready. Like you yeah. eat, you eat as much as you need. Like obviously you've been like malnourished. So sure. do what you gotta do. Here's the glass of orange juice that she pours." man that looks good <laughs> my god the, just the the setup they have the, the the production design all the little choices and then again like you said that the chemistry of ali and monet is, is is off the charts so uh it's a, just a fantastic scene it's one of those every time i watch it i'm like fuck i'm like about to start weeping so 
uh, great, great pick. Uh, I like that kind of like, like you, you just kind of tag team that, that little bit. So best quote and best scene is gone for Adam. Uh, back to me, man. So Connor, you haven't done music. Um, yeah, I'll do music. I'll do music. Um, I don't know where you're going to go with it, Connor, uh, I, but I'm going to do, I, I got, I got to talk about Bertel, Nicholas Bertel. The, the dude's incredible. Uh, not only in this, but he's done a lot of other shit. Uh, I think I think the one that Adam and I definitely connect on is the Succession uh, theme song. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's so good. Uh, uh, but this, this score, this is the first time I heard of him. First time I heard of Nicholas Patel was uh, when he did this, and of course, if Bill Street could talk, and Succession was right around there too. Um, and he's done a bunch of other stuff since then. But when I heard this, I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" You know, like who? And I looked him up, and he's just this nerdy-looking white dude, like but he's just able to conjure up these incredible sounds. Uh, and I- I'm going to go with Chiron's theme, which is at the beginning of the movie, you know, the kind of like the dun, 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 dun. Almost sounds like a shark is coming, but it- then it kind of softens. And-, and there's three different versions of it. There's the Chiron's theme. Uh, there's Little's theme and there's there's Black's theme, but they're all the same like melody, but they've got like a little bit different tone of them depending on where we're at in the movie. And I think that's just like wonderful. So I got to go with like the main theme song by Nicholas Patel for my music moment. Uh, just, I, I love that guy to death. So got to go there. And Con- Connor, I, I truly don't know where you're going to go. There's so many cool little needle drops. I ultimately, uh, I, what have I still, I have music and I have quote, right? Yeah. So music, I'm going to go with some Bertel as well. Um, the end credit suite. Oh, dude. So good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is. I, I love that you compared it a little bit to Jaws. It's like there's a bit of like just ominous. There's there's a bit of a what's the noun form of ominous? <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, ominous. Good question. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought that question before, but now I'm like omnipotent. Well, it sounds ominous, and there's especially towards the end when him and. Um, Kevin are just kind of there, but you just get the feeling that like, this isn't going to last. This isn't in the long run. Is this going to mean anything? Like, you don't know. Like, can he, can can Chiron even, like, is he, is he past the saving point? You know, like, can he still find his way back to who he was supposed to be? And uh, the ending really kind of leaves it like, I don't know. Nobody knows. Only he knows. And just kind of leaves you in suspense to a future that may or may not happen. And I thought that was that was quite brilliant. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is it is ambiguous more than I think we want to to believe. Because uh, you're like, oh, they're back. It's a love story. It's like, no, no, like they're they both have like real life shit to do with. Like Kevin has a son. You know, uh, Kevin is an ex con. Uh, you know, currently Chiron is dealing drugs in Atlanta. Nine that that drive I think is is almost ten hours from Atlanta to Miami. It's like this isn't like a fucking you know cinderella story you know uh this is like did they confirm is, is he in miami i, I couldn't remember yeah it's liberty city yeah oh that we know that for sure that he's in he's yeah there. they say that they say he says that's where he lives at the beginning of the movie no no no, no i'm saying at the end the andre holland character are we do we know he's in Miami? oh yes 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 yeah yeah i knew i knew that it was originally shot in miami yeah okay i just i didn't know if we ever like confirmed that or not because i was like i was like i knew he's in he's in florida i assume at some point but like i because he's on probation so he can't leave the state i'm sure but like Yes. Yeah, I was like, I was like, maybe he's like in Jacksonville or something. Yeah, I don't know. I just like, yeah, I didn't really know exactly. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great. It's a great ending. I, lo- I love when Kevin says, uh, well, we here now, Chiron. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's so cool. I, I love when he's like, it's a life, man. Like, I-, I relate to that for sure. Like, not obviously not to the same scale, but like when people just kind of like question or, or like question themselves or kind of like, how do you know if you're happy or whatever? It's like, I don't know, but it's a life. Like, it, I have a life. I have I have a kid. I have this job. I have this place I live. This is this is what I'm doing. I can't I can't slow down. I can't stop and like look in the rear view mirror every fucking day. I have to keep moving forward. I love Kevin's attitude of like, this is what it is, baby. Like I love his like energy and his attitude while he's cooking for other people, while he's in the diner. I love the slowed down scene of him of him cooking the the chef special for Chiron. It's like such like a I love Kevin. Like <laughs> Kevin rules. <laughs> yeah. uh, especially Andre Holland, man. He's 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 a great actor. Yeah. Um so my quote is also from that. Actually, I don't remember where this was in, but um, I do like I, I love this this um sentiment, like th- this uh, expression of just like what life itself. Uh, Kevin asks Chiron, who is you? And Chiron responds, I'm me, man. I ain't trying to be nothing else. Yeah, that's at the diner. Yeah. Yeah. OK, yeah. good. I thought so, but I wasn't entirely sure. Um. I love that. Like just taking the approach of like, you know, it's like the, the full metal jacket approach to life. You know, there are many like it, but this one is mine. And I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no one's going to tell me how to live my life. I'm the only one who could figure it out. And I don't know if I figured it out, but God knows I'm going to figure out how to figure it out. <laughs> like it's, that's just life, you know, figuring it out. Yeah. No matter where you are in it, you know, and you just got to hope you're going in the right direction. And when you, when you aren't, you'll figure it out. Yeah, and, and what's so devastating about this movie is the stuff that that Chiron has to figure out is heavy as hell. Yeah. And and it's like it's like his identity, you know? It's like that's what you have to figure out. And you know, um I, I've read that it's supposed to be because uh, they he says um it says it says in like the summary on IMDB or or whatever that it's uh eleven years after the chair incident is when they meet back up at the diner. So it's been no. So age, they're like they're supposed to be like 28 years old, somewhere around there. Uh Trevante Rhodes, when they filmed the movie, was 25. Andre Holland was like 36. So, you know, eh, you know, I believe it, whatever, you know. Uh <laughs> yeah. but that like that that moment is like, I mean, there's so much has happened to kind of um what's the word? Like there's been no progression for Chiron as far as like figuring out who he is. Like he he like he's just like Terrell kind you know, of just, he's just a creature. His, he stopped his evolution. He just, you know, he yeah. wouldn't let him figure it out. He, he d- deciding to do that, you know, to attack Terrell was the moment where he just stopped growing. Yeah, that, that was it. So for like yeah. 10 years, 11 years, he's just becoming someone he's not supposed to be. No, it's tragic. It's fucking yeah, tragic. So, so yeah, imagine Connor, you and I at our age right now, which is like what age they're supposed to be. You have literally no idea who you are and you have to basically either continue doing that because that's how you make money. That's how you pay your rent or you completely start over <laughs> like like you just completely like break it all down and build yourself back up from from whatever you can figure out. Like it's it's yeah. mind blowing at the end of the day, at the very least, I know who I am. Yeah. And yeah. to not have that. I can't fathom that kind of just like, like how do you live without knowing who you are 
I think a lot of people do it. You know, I uh, I, I, I feel yeah. for those people. I really do. Oh man, yeah, it's crazy. That's why I love. That's why I fucking love this movie. So, so your quote is the, uh, the diner, the diner quote. Okay, I ain't trying to be nothing else. Yeah, I love that. I, I always save them. I write them all down so I can look back ten years from now and be like, oh yeah, good shit. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Video. I picked George Clooney and Brad Pitt for his heist, but also picked, uh, <laughs> you know, the Goody Mop <laughs> cell therapy for, you know. <laughs> That's the thing about that quote, though, is like, he, you know, he says that. And I think that is like, you know, maybe what he believes about himself. But that's not true. Right. Yeah. Like, like, he, he he actually is trying to be someone else. He's he's trying and to be Kevin. Yeah. 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 He's trying to be one. And Kevin sees yeah. right through it yeah. as he does. As he does the whole movie, even when he's like, oh, I got detention, bro. <laughs> he's like, man, school's been out. And then, you know, he does the whole thing. He's like, no, nah, but don't tell anybody, man. I know you can keep a secret. Like the whole time he's like, I see right through you. Like the whole movie, even when they're kids. Like running yeah. around wrestling, playing the playing the game like tackle the, the what uh, what do you call that shit like man with the like whoever has the ball you like hit hit him or whatever. Oh, I mean, do we want to call it the name that people? No, no, but there was a different name for it. I can't remember. Well, I, but but I think I think to that point, that's why he chose that game. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because of the name the name of it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Okay. I'll say it. it's called it was called smear the queer back in the day. Yeah. That's what it was called. Uh, I've heard of it. It's fucked up. Like I, I don't know. Partook in that game at some point, uh, yeah, like not. No, I mean, yeah, we didn't realize that was how offensive that was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we had we just thought it was like tackle the guy with the ball or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like literally just the name of it. Yeah. And then more you yeah. think about, it, oh man, that's like not a good name for that. It's like, it's like that's, well, that's, it's like what is that even? What you know, what are you even talking about? You know? Well, it, it, yeah, it's, it's again perpetuating that like, oh, let's like get the weird one. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, and they like keep kicking it towards him, and he's like, yeah. he runs off. Yeah. Which is a great scene because also little Kevin just picks it up and runs with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I little, got it. Yeah, little, I yeah, little Kevin. Uh, he warms my heart. I love that kid. Uh, everyone that plays Kevin, fucking great. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So I got Adam, you got performance. I got quote. Um, my quote, I'm going to go with uh, Paula uh, towards the end of the movie at the kind of re- re- rehabilitation center. Um, she says, I messed up. I fucked it all the way up. I know that. But your heart. Your heart ain't got to be as black as mine, baby. I love you, Sharon. I do. I love you. I mean, you ain't going to love me. Lord's no- Lord knows I did not have love for you when you needed it. I know that. So you ain't going to love me. But you know, you got to know that I love you. You hear me? You hear me, Sharon? And he's just weeping. Trevante Rhodes has just got tears like streaming down his face. And then she tries to light the cigarette and he has to help her because she's shaking. And I was like, oof, Naomi Harris, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, like that's that's if you're to have an Oscar moment, that's the one. Yeah, and the cigarette thing is a big key too. I think a moment there too because it's like I have to take this from you as well. You know, like yeah. yeah, yeah, like you can't handle even this as well. You know, like here, here we are still. Um, yeah, really sad. No, it's that's a yeah that that quote. I mean, I I as I was kind of searching through some stuff, I was like, yeah, that that's that's a good one. Someone's gonna pick that one, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah Paula. Also, I love the. Uh, like when they don't show it, like don't show the di- or the dialogue's not audible when she's screaming. Like the the camera's like moving slow when she's in the hallway is like such a menacing like, yeah. oof, like Jesus Christ, you know. Uh, just like you said, I'm, she's a she's a villain. Uh, yes. Yeah. And yeah, the juxtaposition the juxtaposition of then having the conversation with Juan about you know what's an F word. It's you know implied yeah. that he she just screamed that at her child. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I can't imagine having a you know like loving and hating somebody it's like at the same time, like family like that, you know, to have a mother who is like that, like you love them, but 
they're the worst thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, she's a monster. No, it's yeah. What if I can't believe? I, yeah, I can't even like fathom that. You know, I have my own screwed up relationship with some family members, but I've never once doubted that they really did love me. Like that's never been up for discussion. But in this case, it's like Jesus Christ, just absolute. Well, or, yeah. Well, and even yeah, yeah. I mean, it, to, to like further that, and even if it's like, oh, even if I questioned like whether or not they like have my best interest at heart all the time, they wouldn't actively be doing things like that. Yeah. Detrimental. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like, no, she's like, I mean, yeah, he, he's like so lucky. He made it out like not, you know, just like a, you know, completely terrible person. Like it, it's, it's, and she, and it, 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 she didn't do anything. It was, it was thankfully he had other people in his life that helped with that. But like, no, I mean, she, she's, it's like, it's like a playbook on like how to like mess up your kid forever. You know, like it, it's, it's horrible. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just like this time it hit me even harder. I was just like, oh my God. Maybe it's just cause like the more I'm around kids, I'm just like, man, they can get so screwed up by just like the simplest thing. And this, this, this mom is doing the worst things over and over and over. Like, it's yeah. like, it's so sad. I just, yeah, but she, but Naomi is phenomenal. But um, so that leads into my last performance. You guys took um, kind of my top two, but I, I was fine with that. There's obviously so many good performances in this. So, yeah. Um, I'm good with that. So I'm gonna go with Andre Holland. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. He's really good. I mean, in everything I've seen him in, but this, this, because he, he's got to come in off the back. I'm not sure how they shot this, like the order they shot this in, but I would, I would, you know, if they did it in any kind of order, he's got to kind of play off of how the uh, middle one, uh, um, I don't know his name. Gerald uh, Jerome? Yeah, Gerald Jerome plays it. Um, and he not only does that, but he kind of like adds layers to it. Yep. Like they, they, they go hand in hand so well. Even even better, you know, dare I say, than, than the Chiron characters, who are all three excellent. But I uh, agree, I agree. But I almost think there's a, there's a there's an easier there's like a more and maybe this is you know the character is like it knows knows himself a little bit more than than Chiron does, but like more of a con- kind of connection, despite them actually looking pretty like dissimilar um, to, to a degree. Uh, I, I don't know. I just thought the Andre Holland building on Gerald Jerome's character is like is is, is the best performance for me. You know, I, knowing that I can't take you know Marshall or, or Naomi, uh, and he's just he does that like he does that great job of like the, the pauses when he needs to, but like I got to talk for him because he's not much of a talker. Like he really knows how to kind of manage that thing, and like he can tell if this is still like a broken person that he's got to kind of like help out. Um, and he he has this very like nurturing. Um, like personality he had it the whole the whole time right even as a little little kid you know like oh i'll take care of this guy like no, no problem like you know it, and it's not a big deal right it's like oh yeah i'll make you this food like no problem like you know i got you like that's just that's just his personality and i think that all three of the actors embody that really well but i think especially andre holland did yeah yeah i totally agree there um we mentioned him many times but the young youngest kevin it's so it's Jaden piner that mm-hmm. plays like little little kev and then and then draw jerome and andre holland like just incredible casting and again like like you said not like because they look alike yeah. Because they all, they all like have the cadence, they all know how to kind of like to layer it. So yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a great pick. I think Andre Holland is, is lights out. I love I love the way he says with the toothpick in his mouth. I love these the way he says this is grandma rules. You have see, you have speak. Like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. such a that's such a cool like touch and and you know his, his uh just kind of like Andre Holland. He's always been like this way to me. Just kind of like the way he moves his his mannerisms, like the way he picks up the glasses when he walks from one table to like the back and he kind of looks back at Shara and like, yeah, you're looking at me, motherfucker. <laughs> like it's, there's just something about him. Like he knows he's like, he knows he like affects the room, you know, yeah. uh, not just Andre Holland, but Kevin, the, the character of Kevin, like effect, when he's in the room, you know it. And I, lo- I love that about it. So great picks guys. This is, this is one of those movies where you just start kind of rolling it. You know, it, to me, it's, it's not really a movie 
that you can just kind of like, you know, break into different scenes. It's just like moments and moments layered on top of each other that are all like just brilliant. Uh, I think the best way is, you know, the way it does it, kind of like a triptych painting. It does the, you know, part one, part two, part three. Those are really how I kind of divide them. I don't divide them like scene one, scene two, scene three, four, five, six, so on. They're just kind of piled onto each other. There's no real, you don't really get like a breath uh, other than those little gaps between the parts. So I think we did a good job kind of figuring out what our favorite, favorite moments are, favorite performances and what music affects us. So uh, I'm very satisfied with everybody's picks. We kind of, I think, uh, tackle all the best shit. Is there any, anything else you guys want to kind of give honorable mention? Um, I'm good. I think we covered pretty we much did. everything. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah. I, I think we pretty much covered the entire movie. So, uh, that's, that's, that's the best way to do it. Right. Uh, great stuff guys. Uh, Moon, Moonlight, Moonlight fucking rules. Uh, now, uh, we'll, we'll try to get up out of here quick. I only have one review from letterbox. So let's go see what's in the box. All right, let's see. I got one. I, I was speaking to Connor about this. So a lot of the negative reviews on, on Moonlight are, are very boring. They're not very funny. They're mostly people just being like, this movie isn't for me. It's boring. I don't like the pace. Like, fair enough. But there's no, you know, with, with other movies we've done, there's been people who are like so angry. It's funny. You know, they're like, fuck this piece of shit. You know, you know, like who would like Wes Anderson? That guy sucks. You know, like. But with the Moonlight, it's more like, I don't get it. Like, what do people see in this? You know, but it's, it's never really, like, funny. Uh, so I picked one that I thought would be interesting for us to talk about. There's a lot of reviews like this. Uh, this is a two-star review from Mr. Blue Sky from uh, about a year ago. Brokeback Mountain with black people. Just like Chiron didn't know who he was, this movie didn't know what it was. What was the point of this movie? Chiron was beset with all manner of demons, and this made for an interesting character. He was very troubled, but we never got to see, as moviegoers, him resolve anything. After an arduous life, with, which included incarceration, we conclude with him resting his head on a man's shoulder who was the only man who ever touched his Johnson. And then the movie ends. What? End review. <laughs> Oh, I just pictured the dude being what? like Johnson. <laughs> okay, who says that? Jesus Christ! Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually think that the 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 length of the movie is is one of its strengths. Like, ah, uh, yeah. If it, if it were made by a different, more like indulgent, I think uh, filmmaker, it'd be like three hours, and it'd be like, all right, like all right, like the close ups, you know, like another hour of like these close ups. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's I actually think it's like really well paced and timed out. Uh, I, I totally agree. Uh, and and, and the, the first opening s- statement was like, okay, well, I'm not going to agree with this guy. Brokeback Mountain with gay people is like, what black. a generalization. Like, <laughs> black, people, black people, not gay people. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, gay, gay as well, yeah. Yeah, I get confused because I'm frustrated. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's, just, it's just like, that's just such a generalization that like, oh, yeah. any movie that has like two gay guys is like, compared to Brokeback Mountain, no matter what. It's, it's lazy. It's a lazy comparison, yeah. It's very lazy because it's also like, well, what about all the other gay movies from before 2005? Right. Austin, and, you'll, you'll understand this analogy. It's 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 when, like, players do, like, you know, or when people do, like, NBA, like, draft, like, comparisons, 
And it's like a white guy. It's like, oh, he's a lot like Larry Bird, you know, because he's white. It's just like, yeah, oh. it's like, uh, come on. Yeah. I mean, because he can kind of shoot and he's white. Yeah. Come put on. No thought into that. Yeah. Larry Bird. Larry Bird's one of the greatest athletes, American athletes to ever live. Like, get out of here. It's yeah. No, it, it, it's it's whatever. It's frustrating. Um, I don't really like the, the, the sentence. What was the point of this movie is like, I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, it's very, like this movie knows exactly what it is, what story it's trying to tell. And if you just aren't paying attention, that's on you. Like it's I, well, not once it's I lost and like trying to figure out what the hell this was. It's like from the second it starts, you're like you you follow that pretty quickly. And, and if you need a more like uh, tied up in a bow ending, like, OK, like I guess that's, you know, a like, you know, comment you can make. But it's like, how boring is that? It's like. Oh, and now he's solved. You know, it's like, no, this is a work in progress. Like, this guy is going to be a work in progress because of what we just saw, the whole life, like, leading up to it. Like, this is not going to get solved in a night, you know. Um, this is going to take time, so. Yeah, life's not, life doesn't work like that. Life's not that, you know, you can't wrap okay. things up in a bow like that. It's just, you know, people got to figure their shit out, and that takes time. Yeah, it's not that binary. Just, like, changed, no. not changed. You know, it's like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's not that, yeah, it's more complex than that. Yep. Not for this guy. Yeah, exactly. This guy wants wants tidiness as as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that's again, that's this movie has a four point two, pretty good, uh, pretty pretty good letterbox score. So it's mostly four, four and a half, five star reviews that people are just this is beautiful, I love it, it's great, five stars. And then there's you know your occasional one and a half, two star, and all of them are kind of like this. We're just like, what was the point? You know, Ugh, you know, just like whatever so i wanted to only pick one because i didn't want it to be uh redundant or anything and uh you know honestly we've had a nice and long episode here so we don't need to go too deep into that but it's been a lot of fun guys uh, yes. double draft double draft episode is always special uh thanks for sticking with us listeners uh if you like if you like what we do feel free to follow us on social media facebook twitter instagram uh, at filmgasm uh go to letterboxd search connor 95 you can find adam myself a bunch bunch of the people on the filmgasm team are on there through uh, Connor's followers and following. Check out filmgasm.com for trailers, reviews, all kinds of jazz. Uh, if you'd like to become a monthly donor to Filmgasm Productions, feel free to click on the link in the episode description. From there, click on support this podcast. Any amount of donations will go right back into the show. We appreciate any things you guys can give. Uh, thanks to the entire Filmgasm team for their contributions, uh, especially Cooley Cow for the awesome intro music. Uh, most of all, thank you guys for listening. Keep watching movies and we'll see you very soon.